afternoon or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. She was here and he was there. And in between them was the crowd. The crowd that had labeled her unclean, unwanted. And in the crowd, the promise of what could be from those who had taken all of her money and left her with nothing but more despair and now destitute and worse off than how she had started. The crowd that she could not approach for the risk of making them unclean by just the brush of her hand, they would be affected. That starts to do something to a person. Twelve long years of living with an affliction that had not only affected her social status, or lack thereof, but that had broken her down to the very core of who she is to the point that she thinks that's who she is. This woman with an issue. Perhaps you can relate. Your insecurity, your anger, your sassy, negative mouth your pain your illness your constant need for perfection and in times like these your fear your anxiety depression you think that that's who you are the label on the outside of your box those toxic and debilitating parts of you but when something sticks around long enough you start to assume that this is you and it's here to stay and so you bring it in and you intertwine it with your identity and you place the label of it on your heart or perhaps it has been there so long and hidden so deep beneath the surface of who you are that you think no one knows who you are. So he was there and she was here. And in between them, the crowd. The real issue between her and her healing. She did not lack faith, for she had said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. So faith she had, it's the ability to act she lacked. The streets are narrow and very full, and the only way to reach him is to press in with the crowd. The crowd she cannot touch. You see her dilemma? You know, He knew she was there. He is God after all. 
He knew what she wanted, and he knew she had the faith to receive it. He could have come to her and made her life so much easier. Instead, he stands there talking about old skins and new wine. Oh, and not only does he not come to her, but now he has been approached by someone else needing a healing, and he's actually leaving. Her window of opportunity is closing as they press and follow him to hopefully witness a miracle. But she is desperate. So what should she do? She does the thing that he is calling her to do and she doesn't even know it. She cannot hear his voice, but she can feel his pull. Can you feel it? Can you see it, the label on the outside of your box, the parts of yourself that he is showing you right now that are not in alignment with the who he's called you to be? He's calling her to throw all caution to the wind and approach the crowd and to trust that he can keep her in that process, to become intimate with the thing that has kept her from him for so long kept her from herself, from life, from growth, from purpose. And so she does it. She steps out and into the scary place, the unfamiliar, the uncomfortable, and she presses in with the crowd towards her healing. Something had changed. Somewhere in the moments between standing on the outskirts of the crowd, hearing his words, Jarius approaching, something inside her mind changed. She grew a backbone and she moved out into the thing that she feared, into the thing that she was afraid of. In order to reach him, she had to do things she had not done in a long time. She had to to push and press and elbow her way through. She had to think outside of her box. She had to, I don't know, come from all different angles. Maybe she got down on her knees and she crawled to him. She did touch the hem of his garment, right? She was desperate to be different and with every single step she took she shed off that old identity of unclean unwanted unacceptable she wanted the healing but what she received by the act of pushing through the crowd was so much more she got a new way of thinking a new way of being That's what he had come to do, right? To do away with the law and deal with the heart. So by pushing through that crowd, she put on a new mind. And God used the thing she feared, the thing she hated and was trying to rid herself of, the healing that she wanted to motivate her out of her comfort zone and into a place of complete healing, not just of her body, 
but of her mind also. In this book, actually, what am I dropping? You, you actually read this text in your Bible, ver- Bible app yesterday, right? If you're reading your Bible app, you read it yesterday. So that's kind of cool how God did that. So we're going to go and we're going to read this story in case you aren't familiar with what I was just talking about. You have to understand that according to the law, she was considered unclean. And she was not allowed to touch people. Because if she touched somebody, they'd have to go through this whole cleaning ritual and take time off work. I mean, it was a whole big kerfuffle. And I'm pretty sure she probably avoided that as much as she could. It was a whole big thing. So in your Bible, we're going to go to Luke chapter 8, verses 42 through 48. We're going to start in the, an odd place, but there's one word that you have to catch in this verse. So Jairus has come and his daughter is dying. Okay, and he's asking Jesus to come. And, and as Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing pour out from me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble. And she fell on her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He called her out of the crowd. She was trying to stay. He could have left her in that place of, okay, she got her miracle. Let her go in peace and go on her way. He called her out, and she had to now make it known that she just made that whole crowd unclean. He magnified what the law had done to her and made her, and he made her call it out. She lived in a box with a label placed on her by her circumstances. She was not born with that identity, but plain old everyday life and its things and its mess ups and its its crisis and trauma that came her way had put that label on her. And now she had to learn how to be that and live with that, right? And you can't tell me that he wasn't calling her and telling her, I've called you to more than that. That is not who you are. So don't stay there. Be a little brave and come my way. And she did it. So I'm gonna, we're going to go back up a little bit because I think it's really significant to think about and to notice what she was hearing before she moved out. So in Matthew 9, 14 through 17, One day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him. So this is Jesus talking just before the, to the crowd before she comes up. 
Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skin would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that they both are preserved. Now, we, we can't know for sure where she approached him at some point in this, this conversation that he's having. And did she overhear him? But I, I really like to imagine her standing over here, focused on her issue, and he's talking to her about new wineskin and old wineskins and new wine and old wine. He cannot, this is what he was telling her, he cannot put a new way of being into your old way of thinking. He ha- you have to renew it because if you put new stuff in the old way of being, it can't hold it. It can't hold the pressure. So let's go back and talk about wineskins. Wineskins were traditionally made from the skin of goats and sheep. And when the wine is poured into the skins, it will continue its fermentation process and the gases will stretch the skins further. So if you were to pour new wine that has to ferment further into skins that have already been through that stretching process, the ferment, fermenting wine will push the skins past their stretching point and they will burst and the wine will be lost. Same with the clothing analogy he uses. Any seamstress will know that um, you should always pre-wash your fabric before you cut and sew or you could go through all the time and effort of making a garment just to fit you perfectly just for it to shrink the first time that you wash it. That's a lot of effort to go through something. And let me just say on a little side note here, in a pre-washing cycle, God, any time you're going to do something for God, God is going to take you through a pre-wash cycle. And, and what's going to happen, there's going to be a tendency to shrink away from that process because it's uncomfortable when he exposes this. When he goes, woo Look at that anger right there. You see how you spoke to that person? And that's uncomfortable. Oh, I don't like how you told me I can't do that and talk that way and just let that out and be. And so you will have a tendency to shrink away. But I promise you, there is a liberty and a freedom only gained by walking head up into the ugly parts of yourself and looking them head on and saying, you have got to go out of my life. But I'll tell you this, you can't do that until you acknowledge it, until you look at it for what it is. It's not who you are. Just because it's been around long enough and you think, well, I'm just that way, Shauna. That's just the way I talk. That's just the way I act. That's, I've always been this way. Phooey. That's, that, is, that is a lie from the pits of hell. You are more than that. God has created you to be a divine individual with power and ability. And you can't be the light out there that he needs you to be if this is the things that come out of your mouth first or come out of your life or come out of your thoughts. You can't be it without this. So you have to do the work, that uncomfortable work she did. Ooh, that didn't feel good. She's pushing through. She's nervous. Anybody's going to see her. They're going to acknowledge. They're going to point her out at any moment. And they're going to yell unclean. And then everybody's going to look at me. And I'm not going to get the healing that I want. And she had to, by faith, move out into that. 
and trust him with that process. So your mind and your thinking matter. If you are the wineskins, okay, and the word is the wine, then in order for the word to get inside of you and to continue its fermentation process, you, you see what I did there? That fermentation, that was clever. You, for it to come in in order to preserve you, you have to go through the work of daily creating the new wineskins. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your mind matters. The way it thinks, the way it processes, the way it directs you on how to react to life, or the way it encourages you to ignore it and push it down beneath the surface. All of those ways of being come from your nature and your nurture. You are who you are because of your DNA and because of the way your mother spoke to you or how you were bullied as a kid or that person that violated you or that unforgivable act you did. All of those and and a plethora of any other scenarios have made you who you are. So everything begins and ends with the way that you think. All of it. It it all comes back down to this. You can't tell me otherwise because if you have been at church any amount of time here recently, everything we are hearing is about this. It's constant. It's everywhere. You can't tell me that God is not saying, get your mind right. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And if this is not solid, you will fall. You will fall like that and you won't make it to eternity. So you've got to get this right. This has got to be right. And you, in order for it to be right, you have to acknowledge this and identify it. You have your box. I meant to point this out earlier. You got your box. Don't open it, but just keep it in your hand, okay? Because you're going to need it. Just hold that box. So reaction versus responding. Do you know that science says the number one stressor in life is not what happens to us, but the way we react to what happens to us? And that unresolved issues can actually make you physically sick. Can I just say, some of you are praying for a healing, but you are sick because you won't confront. And as Pastor said a couple of weeks ago, you're stinking thinking. It's not, can I just say, it's, it's you. It's not the devil all the time. He ain't that omnipresent right? He sets up some, some minefields and then he walks away and you walk into him. He's like, oh, I know they're going to, they're going to loop back around this thing. Oh, that's good. They're going to loop back around this. So if I just set that right there, they're going to come back and I don't even have to do the work because they're going to step on it because I know them, right? He, he understands how we work. So whatever issues lie beneath the surface of who you are in that minefield, they're coming out in one way or another. In the way you react to your children or your coworker or your husband, that person you, that cut you off um, or that bad news that you received, you might as well buckle down the work and do the work of changing the old into new. And this takes time. It's not easy. Only you and Jesus can do this work. Otherwise, you are doing all the work of pressing the grapes and sewing the garment just to have it lost. You're going to church. You're doing all the things. And oh boy, are you ever holy, man. You got it all in that. But if you're not going to do that, nothing is changing. You're not changing. You're not growing. And that is sad. 
Mark 5 and 26. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had not become comfortable with her dysfunction, right? She knew what it was, and she was trying everything that she could to get rid of it. She had spent 12 years in everything she had looking for her healing. She had tried it all. She was spent trying it all trying every other avenue to find it. How many of you have tried it out there? How many things have you tried to find the answer and they weren't there? How many of you have looked to the news for your answer on how to understand what's happening right now? You won't find it. You won't find it there. It, I, let me say on a side note, everybody calm down. It's supposed to look like Sodom and Gomorrah out there, right? But what we are supposed to look like is not that. We come up on the scene. You show up at work. And the God who created the universe comes with you and the atmosphere changes. Everything changes, okay? And because the darker that it is out there, the the brighter the light shines, right? But your light can't shine if it has a filter of anger or resentment or jealousy or bitterness because your words won't be in alignment with the word of God. This is here first. This is in the way of what he is making you to be, of what the word has told you to be. But you can't think it and be it if this is who you are. You can't do it. It's in the way, right? The crowd was in the way of her getting to him. And she had to look at the crowd and go, I don't care about the circumstances or any of it. I just know that if I can touch him, I can get what I need. So you got your box? Can you see your issue in your life that God is trying to talk to you about right now? Do you see it? Do you have the word? Put one word to it right now in your mind. It's this, boom. It's anger. It's my insecurity. It's my judgmental. It's my gossipy mouth. I can't keep my mouth under control. It just, everything comes out. It's my negativity. Think about that thing right now and put a label on it. Because God is trying to talk to you about it right now. That thing that has been there so long, you were unaware of it. And in that case, you need to ask him to show it to you right now. Because I guarantee you, every single person in this room has some spot that you need to grow in. We will never have arrived on this life. So self-talk, what you think about grows. And what grows comes out. And what comes out is who you are. But don't let who you are get in the way of who you are becoming. Get that? Just because you are this way doesn't mean you stay this way. So don't let this be a reason to keep you from moving on to the thing you are becoming. She had the faith. Faith promotes you to be dissatisfied with where you are. But faith is only incubated in conflict through the struggle of facing things head on. So what you think about and how you talk about it acts as a GPS in your life. Verse 21, she, she thought, if I can but touch his robe, I will be healed. So if your speech is negative, defeated, overwhelmed, fearful, insecure, angered, judgmental, sassy, all of these things, that is exactly where you are headed in life, right? But she got the healing because her self-talk said, now I know that I'm unclean. And I know I haven't touched a crowd in a long time, 
But I, all I know is if I can get to him, I can be healed. So I'm going to take it one step at a time, one overcoming step at a time, because this is unfamiliar and this is uncomfortable. But if I just, I will get to him and I, if I could just touch him, nobody will know, nobody will see me and everything will be fine. But if I can get to him, I can be healed. So she was what she thought and what she said, the two together walked her into that place of healing. It's one thing for you to battle your thoughts, and it's another thing entirely for you to sit down, think about them, talk about them with somebody else, with your God in prayer, deconstruct them, reconstruct them, saturate them with the word. And in doing that, you will change them. You will change this. But you will only do it by going, whoo, look it. Mm, That ain't pretty. What do we do about that? Okay. We break it down every single day. Every single time it pops up, we break it down. And then we take the word of God and we, we saturate it. My dad always tells the story about coming out of the word. I promise you, he came out of some stuff. And, and I, I remember him talking so many times about coming out of attempted suicide and depression and addiction to drugs. And he said, I would just, he said, I didn't know that pretend this, I don't have my Bible. He said, I don't know what to do with it, but he would just walk around with the word on his head and say, get in there. Anyway, you got to get in there because he understood the problem was here. The problem was in the way he was thinking. And if you let the word get in you and saturate you, it will change the way you think. And then this will go away. There is a pandemic in the church, and it's not related to the current one talked about in the news. It's a pandemic of too many people hearing the word every single Sunday and then going home and not applying it. So in the book of James, we hear, I won't go through the whole verse, but in James, he talks about, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer also of the word. Because if you're just a hearer, you're like going into church and someone holding a mirror up in front of you, and then you go home and you forget what you look like, okay? You forget what you word, what you heard. The whole point is this. You have to be a doer and not a hearer only. It's not enough to come to church and be inspired. You have to go home and let it change you. Church is not where the doing happens. It's where the hearing happens. Home is where the doing happens. Home is where you go, what did my pastor say? What did my pastor say? And that lit that up in my life. And now how do I go home and apply that to my life? You go home and you hold the mirror up in front of yourself and you tell yourself to become that, to become what was told to you. What do you look like? What is beneath your surface? What is looking back at you right now? Your insecurity, your anger, your bitterness, your jealousy, your lack of faith. I'm sorry to be heavy, but I believe that I'm here to show you the not so pretty parts. You are beautiful people, but there are parts that need to go. They need to go because there's a world that needs you to be this. 
They, you have got to be this. There has never been a time like this that we need to be the church. We walk in and we think differently. We talk differently. When crisis hits, we talk differently. When things happen, we bring faith in on the scene. And I promise you it's a better way of being. It's hard at first. Do you think it was easy for her to do that and push through that crowd? That's, it's not easy. I know what I am encouraging you to do is not easy. Trust me, I've just been through a process in my own life. I've been very open about my anger and my quickness to be frustrated and overwhelmed with life and situations and my children being children. And I'm just like overwhelmed with it all and I let it out. That's not okay. It's not okay to be like that. But you know what is okay? It's okay to say that. It's okay to look at it. It's okay to look at your spouse and go, man, I need help. You see this thing about me? I'm trying to change it. Can you help me change it? Change the way you talk, the conversations that you have. Quit hiding it. She tried to hide it. And what did he do? He called her out in front of everybody. She was trying to hide that thing because I'm still unclean. If she'd gotten the healing, she would have left. If she had gotten the healing and he had not exposed her, she would have left no different. She, oh, sure, the, 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 the issue is gone. The healing is there. But her mind is no different. She approaches life no differently. She does nothing different, right? If you hear the word of God every single Sunday and then you go home on Tuesday and the thing that was spoken to you about you don't apply it, you, you've done nothing. You, you, have, you have gone through the work of hearing it and the wineskins being brought before you, but you didn't change your wineskin out. Now the, the word went inside of you, but you can't contain it because this is in the way. He said he would let your cup overflow. Your cup can't overflow if it's filled with junk. And stuff that's not meant to be there. So you got to clean house. You got to get it out. You got to do the work of getting it out so that you can move out and leave it behind. You know, I'm a pretty creative person. And I, so I admire creativity when I see it. But Satan, he's not so creative. In order to be creative, you must create things. And the only time the Bible refers to Satan in a creative form is when he is identified as the father of lies. So he's not creative. He's repetitive. He is so, he keeps trying to plant the same seed for you to give birth to the same lie over and over and over again in your life. Recognize the repetition. The thing, the minefield that you looped, recognize that. When you come back around, oh, wait a minute. Mm, I see what you're doing there. It ain't going to happen today. Because he will use circumstances. That's the minefield. He will use a circumstance in your life that you will either step on or you will acknowledge it and go, not today, Satan. I don't think so. But you got to recognize the repetition in your life. What's the thing? Those things, those ways of being that you keep looping around like the Israelites lost in the desert, walking in circles. Man, we like, it seems so obvious to us. Like, hey guys, you got to stop complaining. You got to be brave. You just got to march into the promised land like, duh. Like it's so, it's like watching and reading or watching a horror film going, oh, don't do it again. Don't walk in there. Like we see it so clearly, but how often do we do it? How often do we, are we looping around the same? Like, I can't believe this is happening again in my life. And if you, if you say that to yourself, oh, here I am again. You've missed the point. Because the problem is not 
the circumstance. It's the way you react to the circumstance, right? Remember, it's your response is not the thing because the things aren't going to go away. Your life isn't going to be rosy and perfect and awesome until the day he comes. He never promised it would be easy. He promised he would be there, right? So let him be there with you. How many of us are stuck in that, those ruts of repetition coming around to the same problems? You've got to give it to him. You've got to give it to him. You're living with things you've got that you can live without, but you choose to live with them. It's your choice. He won't rip this from you. He didn't come to her. He didn't walk to her in the crowd, right? He did not walk to her. He left her there and said, what will you do? Will you come to me? Will you push through that? When he could have. He, 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 you know what? Sometimes we don't understand God's ways. Oftentimes we don't understand God's ways. They are beyond us. But he does all things well. And now when we read the word and the scripture, we come from, we have the benefit of hindsight to go, oh, well, that makes so much sense why you did that. But when you're walking in it, it ain't as easy to remember that, to remember that you do all things well. Even when it hurts, you do all things well. But man, what you gain when you walk through that, you couldn't get it any other way. She couldn't get the healing any other way than doing the hard thing. She had to do the hard thing. It wasn't fun. It wasn't easy. It was uncomfortable. But she couldn't get the healing any other way than but to do the work of shedding off that old identity of who she was and who she had been placed on her. So how do you do that? How do you do that? That's the big thing. I could leave you right here and then you'd go home and go, well, now how do I do that? Well, I'm really glad that you've asked that. The way you change it requires intentional and consistent work. You have got to get an altar in your life. And I don't mean this one that you frequent occasionally at the end of church. I mean in your closet while you wash the dishes and drive your car. This altar happens in those moments. If you were to get a tear in that garment we spoke about earlier, the one that you pre-washed, If you got a tear in it, you would take it to have alterations done on it. An altar is a place that alters you. An altar is a place that alters you. It changes you. It makes you new. It fixes your holes. And it starts here, but it continues there. It solidifies there. In those moments, that's when it becomes concrete. Here, here it's this. Okay, you see it? You see that thing that's on your face right there? Okay, that's what this does. It shows you that. And then you go home and you fix it. You get it all sorted out. That's where you do that. You can't do this here. You'd look weird, actually. (laughs) Don't do that here. You don't have time. This takes time. You'd have to live here and you got to live life. So this takes time and it takes doing it while you're doing life. Right? When the situation comes up in front of you, that's when you change it right then and right there. Right? In those moments when that thought comes back over your mind that has come to you so many times about who you are and it comes at you and and, and you just let it take you wherever it wants to take you, the change begins when you go, no. I am a child of the king. 
and I have peace. I have confidence. I have security. I know who I am in you. And you saturate the word. We've heard Sister Sherry speak so many times about casting down imaginations. That's so significant. But if you just leave a void, uh, nature doesn't like a void. It will fill it, right? So if you cast the thing down, you got to put something in its place right? And you do that with the word of God. You put it in its place. So when you look at that insecurity that comes back up in your life and everybody deals with it, I, I believe it's everywhere. Insecurity is such, it, it just, you, you operate from it more than you even realize. Why? Because we're human. We are fragile. We are, fa- we, we are these things and that's okay. But God said, let me be that in your life. Let me come in and fill that void. But he can't do it if you're still in the way of it, the thoughts of it. You let the thoughts take you over. So if you, every time that thought comes in, you just ride the wave of it, you're never going to change it. You'll be at the whim of everything that comes at you. So you got to stand and look at it and go, no. Okay, so you cast down the thought. No, I will not accept that. And then you, you get you some scripture that aligns with what your issue is. You find something about fear. You find something about anger or insecurity or gossiping. You find you some scripture and you saturate your mind with it. And you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's so practical. Like it's so practical. It's, it's, it's insane that we aren't more incredible than we are because the power of the word of God that we have at our hands should make us extraordinary, especially in a dark world. You, you, you take something really ugly and dirty and filthy and then you put something beautiful and shiny next to it and this sure looks good. It stands out. That's what you should be. Okay, so you look at the ugly things that don't work, the things that don't shine and you make it go away. So God is trying to get you to be more focused on the who you are becoming than what is happening to you. God is trying to get you more focused on the who you are becoming than the what is happening to you. Get your eyes off the thing, right? Get it off the thing. Luke 8, 47 through 48. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and she fell on her knees in front of them and the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well go in peace. I reread that scripture for this significance. He could have let her get her healing and go right back to her old life. I said it before, but instead he called her out. He identified her to the crowd and she trembled as she fell to her knees and explained herself. But now I have to tell the whole crowd what I've done. I have touched them and they are unclean. But then he called her daughter. The crowd had called her unclean and unwanted and unacceptable. But he called her daughter. He brought her in close. She had not been close to anyone in 12 years because she couldn't be. And he brought her in close and he called her intimate and family and loved. He said, daughter, to her, your faith has made you whole. It has made you well. That word, that word of daughter of new identity did more than the touching of his robe had done for her. Sure, she got the healing, but daughter made her new. Daughter gave her new label. Daughter gave her a new identity of who she was in God. 
in the, it, Paul tends, very briefly, Paul mentions a couple times in the book of Corinthians, the, the thorn in his flesh. You're probably familiar with it, that he wanted to be gone. And he comes to Jesus three times and Jesus says, I, I, he said, I'm going to go find my, my point. He said, my power works best in your weakness. My grace is all that you need. So, so Paul had come to Jesus with that, that thing. She came to Jesus with the, the issue of healing. Okay? She got the healing. But sometimes we don't get the thing that we're asking for. Sometimes he doesn't take it or give it or do it. So some of you are asking him to remove the very thing that he sent to change you. That thing came for a purpose to change you. The issue that she had, man, what she got even though she walked it, she got something so much more. So the music can come if they will. You got your box? You can go ahead and you can open your box. You see your little piece of paper, you can open it up. And it's empty. It's blank. Because I can't tell you your issues. I can't give them, I can't point them out to you. I can only hold this up here and hope you see it. So if you would take a moment and just open your mind up and ask God to show you right now the parts of yourself that are not in alignment. Just one word. You don't need a whole script. You don't need a whole sentence. You don't need a whole lot of stuff. You just, you just need that one word, my anger, my insecurity, my jealousy. You just need one word. So take a moment right now and ask God to show you what that word is. Let him expose it to you. I know it's not comfortable. That's not easy. And write your word on your box. Jesus, in your precious name, make yourself known. God, make yourself known right now. God, right now, merciful Father, let your presence as you write your word, would you stand? Remember that altar that alters you. So when you identify the thing that you just identified, I commend you. That is significant. That's not easy work. It's uncomfortable. It hurts a little bit to point that thing out but I commend you for doing it because you have just started a process of healing in your life that will transform you if you allow it if you do the work of going through and pushing through the crowd so if you would I encourage you to bring your box and lay it on an altar right now and leave that thing here that needs to go 
You don't have to be that way one more day. Not one more time do you have to be that thing. Just because it's been there longer than you even remember. I've always been that way. You don't have to be that way. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are wanted. You are kind. You are patient. You are brave. I teach my children to do that every single night. I say, repeat after me. I am smart. I am brave. I am beautiful. And what's so beautiful is that when you begin to think that way, you help others think that way. You begin to change them. A cute little story, and I don't think I told them this. It was so cute. Eliza was playing with Nova one day at the campgrounds, and she... I overhear her looking at Nova going, I am brave, I am smart. And she was teaching her to do that. So you are going on a process that then you will stand in front of someone and say, you are brave, you are smart, you are beautiful, you are so much more than you even know. So quit living with it. Stop it. Leave it here and then go home and do the work of transforming your mind until it's gone. So right now, if you would come forward and you would let God begin to do a work in your heart right now as you leave that thing here before him. Jesus, have your way, God. Lord, and just begin to talk to him because here is where you pour yourself out right now. Here is where you begin the work of leaving it down. God, change me and transform me, Lord. I give you this thing, God, this thing that's been here so long. You know how it got there. You know what was said to you, what was spoken to you, what was happening to you that made you this way. So give it to him. In the precious name of Jesus, God, have your way right now. You're welcome to stay and pray. Have your way right now, Jesus. God, let your presence move in this room right now. I assure you in, God, to have your way. That's it. Begin to cry out before him. He would do a work right now if you would pour yourself out. Let him hear your voice. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook. Just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.